Hey, and welcome to this podcast by Chestnut Mountain Church, located in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where our mission is to saturate the world by making disciples. We invite you to check out our website at chestnutmountain.org and follow us on social on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at chestnutmtn underscore to learn more about who we are. There are also video episodes located on our YouTube channel, along with other content not on this podcast. This episode features a sermon replay from Sunday's message. Let's take a listen. The next few weeks are going to look a little bit different than maybe what we're accustomed to. Um, If you've been here for any amount of time, you know what we normally do is we usually open a book of the Bible and we preach through an entire book. Um, We just finished the book of Nehemiah this past summer. Um, I think it lasted about 10 to 12 weeks. Um, And that is normally the angle we take. And so the next three weeks are gonna look a little bit different um, because once a year, at least once a year, I always wanna take some time to, to first and foremost remind you if this is the place you call home, reminds you who God has called this local body of believers to be and the mission that he's given us. But also maybe um, you're visiting and you're, you're trying to figure out where God wants you to, to be plugged in in a local church. And this will allow you to understand um, the heartbeat behind everything that we do here at Chestnut Mountain Church. And so really what the next three weeks is, is set aside for is, um, for most of you, it makes sense that this is where you kind of look under the hood. You get to look under the hood to see what's in there and what's causing us to be who we are and do what God has called us to do. And, and you know me, it's gonna be pretty simple. I'm a pretty simple-minded guy. Um, some six years ago when God called us here, very quickly, God gave us the vision statement as to what we were called to do, and it is to simply, you hear it all the time, to saturate the world with the gospel, to flood the world with the gospel. And and over the last couple of years, he sort of fine-tuned that, and and now our vision statement is here is to saturate the world by making disciples. That we're called to saturate the world by making disciples. And so the next three weeks... What I'm gonna share with you, many of you already know, I could ask you to raise your hand and you could share, but what you're gonna hear are the three strategies that God has helped us crystallize how we're going to accomplish this vision of saturating the world by making disciples. And so the three words that we're gonna unpack, many of you probably already know them, are belong, become, build. Belong, become, build. Those are three words that we can all remember. They all start with B, and no, it's not because my name's Brian. All right, it just, it is what it is. But belong, become, build is what we're gonna unpack the next three weeks to help you understand our strategies of what God has called us to do. But it's also gonna help you, or my prayer is, is that it will help you discover, discover your purpose and place. Because as I've said so many times, God didn't save you to sit. God saved you to be a part of his mission and to be a part of what God has called us as a local church to do. And so today we're gonna start with the word belong. And I wanna define the word belong. It is to simply this, is to be a part of a person 
or a thing or even said a, to be a, a function of a person or a thing. Now, what you're gonna hear this morning is that I, I, don't, I don't care how prideful you are, I don't care who you think you are or who I think I am, every human being in this room, because of the way God has created us, we are all hardwired with a sense of belonging. Every person in this room is hardwired to want to belong to something. We, we've just taken a step over into what I call the greatest time of the year. No, it's not Christmas season yet, but it's football season. <laughs> like, this is like the most wonderful time. I mean, you got football and deer season. It don't get much better. But what we see, what you're gonna see over the next three, four weeks, you're gonna start seeing colors begin to walk through the doors. You're gonna start seeing a lot of red G's. You're gonna start seeing some yellow GT's. You're gonna start seeing some orange and blue Auburns. But then you're also gonna see a lot of our local high school colors that are gonna begin to walk in every week. And what's so funny is what color people wear on Sunday really determines what happened in your team's life on Saturday or Friday. It is what it is, you bunch of Fairweather fans. But the reason that you're gonna see this is because everybody wants to be a part of something. You wanna walk in so that you can identify and connect with a particular team because we are hardwired that we want to belong. We see this all the way back in the beginning of creation. I want you to turn to Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter three is where we're gonna start this morning and we'll end up in the New Testament in a little while. But in Genesis chapter three, many of you are familiar with what we're gonna be reading. This is at the beginning of creation. God created an Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. In the moment of their creation, they were in perfect harmony with God. There was no sin. They belonged to God and God belonged to them. But then temptation came on the scene by way of the serpent. They gave in to the temptation of the enemy. They did exactly what God had instructed them not to do. They took of the forbidden fruit. And in that moment, that sense of belonging to God, that intimacy with God, that being in harmony with God was immediately severed as a result of the decision that they had made. So this concept of belonging at the fall of man was severed. But what you're gonna see is how quickly we're gonna see come to a head the desire for Adam and Eve to still belong. Look in Genesis chapter three, verse seven. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked, or if you're in the South, it's naked. So I'll probably say naked, all right? So they sewed fig leaves together and they made a covering for themselves. There's something interesting here that God revealed to me through our study because we always wanna jump to verses eight and nine when God begins the pursuit of Adam and Eve, when he goes looking for Adam and Eve. But what we notice is immediately they hid, they begin to cover their nakedness, and this was an attempt to cover their sin. 
It represents the sin. Their nakedness was the very thing that resembled or exposed their sin. And so immediately, they begin to try to cover themselves with fig leaves. And the reason that they did this, this was in an attempt to salvage the relationship they had with God. Because Adam and Eve thought, if we hide this well enough, if we cover this up good enough, we still want to be in harmony with God. So if we hide this, if we hide behind or cover up what we've done, then God will still have us. And so they thought if we put forth enough effort, then God will still be pleased with us. If we hide behind this or we hide behind that, God will still be pleased with us. And this was simply because they still had the desire to belong to God. They had a desire to be with God. And for all of us in this room, we all have this in common with Adam and Eve. Miss Aaron, I told her a moment ago, I said, I'm using your line again today. We've all been born with a God-sized hole in our heart that only God can fill. I don't care for the believer or the unbeliever in the room. Every person, man, boy, children, girl, whatever, born on this planet is born with a God-sized hole in your heart that only he can fill. And that's exactly what Adam and Eve are attempting to do. They thought, you know what, if we can hide this well enough, we can earn God's love or at least we can cover up what we've done, so therefore God will still accept us. God will still have us. But here's where we see the heart of God. While God created in every man, every woman, while he created us in us a desire to belong, he has a greater desire for us to belong. Think about that for just a moment. While he has created all of us with a desire to belong, he has a greater desire that we do belong to him. That's the heart of our father. And we see that in verses eight and nine. Listen to the heart of God. Then then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden Verse nine, and so the Lord God called out to the man and he said, where are you? And so as a result of their own choice, they find themselves hiding from God. They find themselves separated from the love of God. Sin had removed them from his presence, but he loved them enough not to leave them where they were. How many of you are so thankful that even in our sin, God loved us enough not to leave us where we were? That's the gospel in a nutshell. And that's exactly what God is in pursuit of. He loved them so much, he didn't want them to stay in hiding. He didn't want them to continue to try to cover it up. And so not only did God create a God-sized hole in their heart, but God also set out to fill it. That's the heart of the loving father. And so while Adam and Eve were hiding behind their efforts to earn his love, there's a lot of you today that are here, you're hiding behind your efforts to earn the love of God. You're hiding behind, trying to cover things up 
You're hiding behind your sin. You're trying to, to hide from your past. You're trying to cover it up. And you think if I do well enough and I cover it up enough, then God will love me. You know what the reality is, is some of you are here this morning in this church, listen to me, in an attempt to hide from God. You say, well, wait a minute, I'm in the house of God. How do you, what do you mean I'm hiding from him? You're hiding behind religion and you're ignoring the relationship. You're thinking if I go to church this morning, if I check the box, if I even raise my hand maybe in one of these songs, then God won't be reminded of what I did last week. God won't be reminded of my sin in the past. And if I would just come to church, if I would check all the boxes, then God will be pleased and God will love me. And the fact of the matter is, some of us simply need to quit hiding from God in our religion and learn about the relationship that he's pursuing you with because he loves you that much that he doesn't want you to stay where you're at. God is an active pursuit. And that's exactly what he did with Adam and Eve is he, he called out while they were hiding, where are you? And so I've wrestled this week, man, is this where we stop the message and ask the question, where are you? Where are you this morning? Go on to look at verse 21. The Lord God made clothing from skins for the man and his wife, and he clothed them. The Lord God gave them the skin to cover their, their sin. You see, God, what he wanted them to understand is you can't hide it enough. The fig leaves won't do. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna sacrifice an animal and I'm gonna take that very skin from the animal and I'm gonna cover you. I'm gonna do it for you. Because what we see here is already what we read about in the book of Romans. For the wages of sin is death. With sin, a price has to be paid. And even in the Old Testament, we see that an animal had to be sacrificed so that the skin could be given to Adam and Eve. What we understand here is this is the foreshadowing of the coming of the Savior of the world that God was ultimately gonna offer the perfect lamb of God, his only son, to die so that his shed blood would be the very thing that covered your sin. Not your works, not how many times you come to church, but it was all because of the sacrifice that he would extend on your behalf because he loved you that much. He says, you can't be good enough to cover it, but the blood of my son is and will be. And he's saying, hey, look, stop trying to do it. Let me make a way. Let me cover it. And so even at creation, we see that God was already in pursuit to provide the very covering for our sin. Because he knew it's the only way that we could belong to him. And so we see here the heart of God 
that man desired to belong. But God the Father provided a way so that man could belong. And I hope you've been here long enough to know that that this is the heart of Chestnut Mountain Church. Is that we want everyone first and foremost to know they belong to God. That's it. When you strip everything away, this is the heartbeat of our church is that we want people to belong to God. And so when that question's asked this morning, where are you? In your heart, how can you answer that question or how would you answer that question? If we opened the mic up today and we called you up one by one and I asked you the question, where are you? Could you, with a freed heart, say, God, I'm yours. I've trusted in the sacrifice of your son. I've I have trusted in the price that you paid for me. And God, today, I know that because of his blood, I am yours. Or if you're asked the question, where are you? Maybe you're here today and you're hiding in your sin. Maybe you're hiding in your sin. You're trying to fill this void. You're trying to fill this God-sized hole with something that the world is offering. And so maybe your answer is, I'm hiding in my sin. Or maybe today you're simply trying to hide the sin. But the truth is, is every person in this room will have to stand an account when God asks, where are you? What did you do with my son? We will all be held accountable for that. And so how would you answer the question this morning, where are you? And my prayer is, is that before you leave here, you belong to him. I've pleaded with God this morning again to save somebody today. Stop hiding in religion. Stop hiding behind your sin and allow the spirit of God to draw you to himself today. Surrender in the finished work of what he's done. And so the first thing we want you to understand with this word belong is that we're gonna preach and teach the gospel so that every person that we come in contact with knows that there's a God who loves them. But then there's another layer to this word belong. You see, in the moment that you belong to God, many of you can attest to the fact that once you belong to God, everything changes. Once you realize that you're a child of God, everything changes. Ephesians chapter four tells us that we are sealed till the day of redemption. I don't know about you, but that's the most freeing verse in all of the scripture, that in the moment of my surrender and placing my faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, I in that moment was sealed. Sealed with a document that couldn't be broken. And so we see in that moment of that surrender, we see that moment of that salvation, that everything changes. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two, verses 11 through 13. 
It's simply just a glimpse of, of what takes place in that moment of, of change. Verse 11, it says, this is according to the eternal purpose accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, that in him we have a boldness and a confident access through him, through faith in him. So then I ask you, don't be discouraged over my afflictions on your behalf. I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong verse. I was sitting there going, man, this don't even make sense. But boy, I was still reading it with confidence in my glasses. Hold on. Now I got something to blame it on. Must have been a little fly poop or something on my glasses. <laughs> Dwight, don't say a word. Take two. <laughs> Ephesians chapter two, verses 11 through 13. Yeah, unit, okay, here we go. So then, <laughs> golly, never fails. Last week it's Mike's and this week it's me. So here we go. Remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcised by those called the uncircum by circumcised, which is done in flesh by human hands. Verse 12, and at that time you were without Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenant of promise without hope and without a God in the world. Verse 13, but now, in your works, but now in your ability to hide, now in your ability to be good enough. Is that what it says? No, but now in Christ Jesus, you were far away and you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who made both groups one and he tore down the dividing wall of hostility in the flesh. You see, in the moment of your salvation, you were brought to him. You went from what we'll read in just a moment from being a foreigner or a stranger to God to becoming a child of God. And this is what we pray for, that people far away are simply brought near to God. That's the simplicity of the gospel is for those who are far away from God to be brought to God. Look at verses 17 through 20. It gets better. He came and he proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. Not only are you transformed from stranger to a child, but according to Ephesians 2, you become a part of the household of God. You become part of the family. 
Not only do you now belong to God, but you belong to the saints of God, to the family of God. And this is why you will often hear us say, when somebody gets saved by the grace of God, our family gets bigger, and we're gonna always celebrate when the family is growing. But this is the very reason, listen to me. This is why we celebrate what God is doing in other churches. This is why when somebody comes to know Jesus Christ at Free Chapel this morning, guess what? Our family gets bigger. When somebody comes to know Christ this morning at Chestnut Mountain Presbyterian, guess what? Our family gets bigger. When somebody gets saved today at Jefferson Church, guess what? Our family gets bigger. When somebody gets saved on the other side of the world in Nepal and Cambodia, guess what? Our family gets bigger. That's why we're always gonna celebrate. It doesn't matter what denomination. It doesn't matter what church name. As long as the gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached and teached and the spirit of God is drawing people to salvation, we will always celebrate it. Our family is gonna get bigger and we're never gonna stop celebrating the work of God in our community. This is the heartbeat behind the church that God has called us to, this family has called us to. You don't have to turn there, but in 1 Timothy chapter three, and I'll read it right this time. First, sorry, chapter two, verse three through six. Daggummit. Pride comes before destruction. I even said that with confidence. I'm gonna read it right. No, you're not. First Timothy chapter two, verse three, it says, this is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth for there is one God, there is one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all and a testimony at the proper time. Church, can we all agree that if God thinks it's good, we ought to think it's good? When somebody comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, the word of God says that it's good. It doesn't matter where they're at. doesn't matter what church they go to, but it's good. It is good when the family keeps growing. And so we're always gonna be the biggest fans of Christ-centered gospel-preaching churches. And with that being said, I also want you to understand that God has established and ordained the local church. I get so frustrated when I hear people say, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. That's like you telling me you love me, but you don't like my wife. I want nothing to do with you. Dang, did I really just say that? This isn't streamed, so this is just in here. So good, that one's fine. But you see, the local church is God's plan A to reach a lost world. The body of Christ is God's plan A to saturate the world with the good news. 
And we see this in Acts 2. We see the birth of the church. I love Acts 2 because it talks about all of the believers coming together, all of them. The word references them as the devout people. Listen, from every nation, they all came together. And then the Holy Spirit of God fell on these believers and it empowered them to take the gospel back to the nations that they had came from, to take the gospel back to their communities. And throughout the book of Acts, we see the establishment of the local church in the communities. And it's the gathering of the people. It's the gathering of the local body. They belong to God, but here's the beauty of church. They also belonged to each other. They also belong to each other. And I know I say this all the time. I don't know about you, but I believe we all need each other. I believe that we, as followers of Christ, we need each other. And if you look in Acts 2, because I know, look, I know some of you that Maybe you've experienced church hurt. Maybe you don't really understand the purpose of the church. It's very simple. In Acts chapter two, verse 42 through 47, and I said it right and I'm gonna read it right. It says, they, talking about the church, the local assemblies together, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and they all held these things in common. Verse 45, they sold their possessions and their property and they distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Verse 46, every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and they broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts. The first part of verse 47 says, praising God and enjoying favor of all the people. If you wanna know what the church is supposed to do together, there it is. We're called to serve together, we're called to hang out. Just hang out. We're called to love one another. And we're called to worship together. And when a church functions in this way, listen to what the results are. Listen to the simplicity of this. If we function the way that God has ordained the church, look at the, what the rest of verse 47 says. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. You say, well, Brian, is it that simple? It's that simple. That if we are walking in obedience to God, then every day our family is going to continue to grow. If we will walk in what God has called us to be and what he's called us to do, then I believe that everything in me, we're gonna keep growing. If you remember, that does sound very familiar to even what we read in Nehemiah. 
Because remember at the end of, I think it was chapter two, they all gathered together and they worshiped. And what did it say? Everybody heard them from far away. And people were drawn to it. So even in the Old Testament, the local church was plan A. The local church was plan A for the lost world to hear and to see what God was doing. But not only was the church established to accomplish God's work, I believe there's a deeper understanding of the purpose of what the church is created and established for. The local church, ours included, is a place for preparation, a place for encouragement, a place for reassurance, a place for accountability. It's a place of acceptance and a place to be vulnerable. You know, when I look at that list and I think about this local body here at Chestnut Mountain Church, those last two words or phrases they loom very, very heavy on my heart. Are we doing everything we can at Chestnut Mountain Church? Are we exhausting ourselves so that people will feel they are accepted? Because you understand that if a person walks onto the campus for the first time, you know what's in their mind. Will they accept me? Will they acknowledge me? And you know what? I'm thankful that I'm a part of a church that I believe this is your heartbeat. Because what is being said about this place in this community is that's the most loving place I've ever been in. Because you're answering the question for people when they walk in, will they accept me? When you shake their hands, when you hug a neck, when you sit with someone, you know what you're telling them? I accept you right where you're at. I don't know anything about you, but I accept you because you're here. And because of that, we're growing. We met with the staff this week. We're already trying to explore how we're gonna make more room. But it's because you're loving people. But you're loving people because you're loved by the Father. So are we creating an atmosphere where people belong, where they can be accepted? Can I tell you, that's the very thing that keeps me awake. I'll go home this afternoon and I'll go about regular life, but you know what'll be in the back of my mind today? Happens every Sunday. Who did we miss? Who did we miss? Who walked in with a desire to be accepted and they left feeling unaccepted? But let that not happen on our watch. But then lastly, are we cultivating a culture where people can be vulnerable? Because you know, in your journey to try to belong somewhere, you realize your entire life, you, you, you've collected heartache, 
You've collected bad decisions, all in a desire to be accepted. And you've picked up a lot of baggage along the way. But what we want this place to be is what do you do when you, when you move into a new home? You unpack. I want this to be a place that when you call this place home, you can begin to unpack with no fear of judgment, with no fear of how they're gonna look at me now. But I want you to be able to unpack. And that question, can we just be real? You know the one word that often keeps people away from the church, and you hear it all the time, I don't wanna go to church because I don't wanna be with a bunch of hypocrites. Now listen to me, I want you to hear what I'm saying. My prayer is for Chestnut Mountain Church. I wanna create and cultivate a culture where there are no hypocrites. Now I know some of you are probably going, well, does that mean y'all are perfect? Not even close. But you see, the definition of a hypocrite, listen to me, is a person who puts on a false appearance. A person who acts in contradiction to his or her belief. And I'll go ahead and tell you, as God has called us here to shepherd this flock, what I believe about myself, what I believe about this group of people is that honestly, we're all just a group of messy people striving to follow Jesus Christ. That's it. Do we have it figured out? Not even close. But what I wanna be is, I don't wanna be hypocritical. That's why y'all hear all of my struggles. That's why you hear my failures. It's because I want you to know it's okay to be that way. Because at the end of the day, we're redeemed by the blood of the lamb. We're not redeemed by how good we are. And so while we're messy people, striving to follow Jesus. That's me, and that's this staff. We're just messy people trying to follow Jesus. So at the end of the day, we want you leaving here this morning. Number one, knowing that you belong to God knowing that you belong to God. And I believe there's somebody here today that you're not sold on that yet. I want you to know you've been prayed for this morning. Quit hiding behind your sin. Quit hiding here at church. And trust in the finished work of what Jesus has done. But as a believer in the room, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, we want you to belong here. And we want you to know that you have a purpose here. You see, we're getting ready to go to membership in just a little while. And our family here is growing. We got 40 some odd people signed up to call this place home. Because I believe that people are drawn to a place where they'll be accepted and they can be vulnerable.
You know, I just got a text message just a moment ago of what's taking place in our chapel. That's where our students meet. Right now, they're out of room. Adults are standing around the wall because there's not enough seats for kids. Because I believe teenagers are hurting and they have found a place they can be real. They can be vulnerable. And they can say, I'm gonna be loved without being judged. But this morning, the question that you have to ask, where are you? And if you've never placed your faith in Jesus, call on his name today. Call on his name today. Last week in 1045, we had three people surrender their heart and their life to Jesus Christ. And guess what? One of them has been hiding at the church for years. But he said, you know what? I know it's much bigger than me being here. God wants a relationship with me. But then God wasn't finished. Wednesday night, three teenagers got saved. The family keeps growing. But no doubt in my mind, somebody needs to be saved here today. But I just want you to be obedient this morning. Where are you? Where are you? Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you made a decision or if you have any questions about salvation or anything about this Christian journey, one of our pastors would love to connect with you. So to connect and find out what your next steps are, go to our website at chestnutmountain.org slash steps, and there will be a form for you to fill out so one of our pastors can connect with you. We also want you to do three things right now. Number one, leave a review on this podcast. Tell us what you think. And also, a review allows us to reach even more people. Number two, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode during the week. And number three, we want you to go check out our Chestnut Mountain Church YouTube channel. So maybe there's some visuals in this episode that you couldn't see but wanted to see. And that's why we have video versions of these episodes along with other content not featured on this podcast right now on our YouTube channel. Lastly, we invite you to join us live for worship on Sunday mornings in person at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or online at 1045 as well. Learn more about us on our website at chestnutmountain.org and don't forget to follow us on social at chestnutmtn underscore for more encouragement and to see all what God is doing in and through CMC. We love you, we're praying for you, and we'll see you next time.